Welcome to the Jungle Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, Joey, and today I'm joined here in the gym by Charles Allen Price. Charles is a strength coach working out of London in the UK, where he is a strength coach to some of the UK's top grapplers, including Owen Flanagan, Hodger Gracie, and Fionn Davies. Now, we hung out this morning, did a little bit of training, we had breakfast, and we jumped into the chat. Charles and I have actually known each other for a long time. It goes way back to when we were both young, up-and-coming PTs. We did our CrossFit Level 1 certificates together. Today's chat was all about how to integrate an intelligent strength and mobility program while also training for jiu-jitsu. And whether you train jiu-jitsu or some other sport that you love, this is a very relevant conversation because understanding the relationship between the two things is how you're going to be successful or how you're going to screw things up. So I hope you get a bit out of this chat. Just a note, we jump in mid-conversation here where Charles and I are having a chat about running a podcast. Enjoy. get too caught up on intros um but so that podcast that you did yeah. was that was your first time in a podcast studio wasn't it proper studio yeah yeah that okay was, that was fun so yeah we just we just hit up these guys it's it literally just around the corner from um my gym it, it, so it was perfect we just walked up these these guys are like yeah they got the studio it was it's just getting used to the proper microphones because obviously we've got the road wireless ones and you can kind of just sit back or whatever yeah get, get out of the frame yeah microphone only picks it up yeah if you're directly in front of it so it's a good little learning curve um sometimes happens with paulie he gets <laughs> like he'll be like getting all hip-hop on it and he'll be like coming in with that side sling kind of microphone it's but like, it, mate, just, it's just like bro it's not the same stay 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 in the fucking mic yeah don't, don't. we we notice with guests where the usually we recommend like keep it a fist distance from your face yeah. or from your mouth and like talk right into the end of it yeah. and it's so funny like with guests who are not um, you know who don't podcast right regularly yeah. like so for you it's like fine you podcast you get it but they're often like they look at it it's almost like it's I don't know like they're scared of the mic a bit and, <laughs> and you're like yeah just bring it and they're like okay and you can see the reluctance to just like stay on, stay on the mic get talking to the microphone yeah yeah <laughs> well lessons learned I mean unfortunately we can't because we had the fight dietitian on and my missus just sent me a message she's like oh the audio is a bit quiet She's pretty good at the edit, so I think she can salvage it. But we, the last one we did with Fion was, I wouldn't say it's a disaster, but the audio is not good. All of our all of our YouTube comments were like, "Great podcast, would be better, but would be better if I could hear it properly." That's a shame. <laughs> so we're like, but learning lessons. So we learn, we move on. We yeah, get better. Fuck, I, I've um, oh, we've had we've done a couple episodes in the past. I think that would just throw away. Yeah, I was like, oh, we got to do that one again. You guys are, have done a fair few episodes now. You, what, what are you on like three hundred, two fifty? For which Jungle Brothers, both. Let's go Bulletproof and Jungle Brothers. So yeah, Bulletproof I think is at like one ten or something. Sick. Um, yeah, Jungle Brothers. This we're at like one seventy odd. That's pretty good. We've done quite a few. It's been going. The podcast has been going for a long time. Yeah. But it's there's been different chapters in its evolution. Yeah. And because uh, we never started it with the idea of we never had any specific idea of what we wanted it to be. Yeah. So things have changed over that time. T's moved away. Paul's now running the. I don't. You know, we're we're sort of. We all used to work together. Yeah. Every day, shoulder to shoulder. Um. So, yeah. If we had have been consistent with say every week, we'd probably have like five hundred episodes. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, whatever. It's, it, it's no biggie. It's no. great. Yeah, yeah. You just get it when you... And also, you don't want to force the content. You just do a pod with, like, let's just... Yeah, well, I... Yeah, it's an interesting point you make. I think... I think there's a discipline aspect to it. For sure. And you and for us, it's always been, like, once a week. Like, we do it once a week. For sure. An episode is recorded and an episode is published. For sure. And... um you don't necessarily always feel super excited for each of those episodes. And when it's a guest, you, you always it's always like easy. Let's just have a chat. Yeah. But when it's like, um, hey man, we should uh, do one on you know something about the gym or something about strength training. Yeah. Sometimes you're like, ah, fuck, all right, let's get it going. I guess if you have that appointment factor where it's like, so for, for me and Owen, it's like we train on Sunday together. We do some, so it's like we train strength, then we do jits, and then we do the pod. It's like just try and make it that discipline factor as much as possible like we have the podcast we put up a question box on instagram if we get some questions great we usually get a bunch of questions and we can just keep those each week but it's that appointment factor is kind of like we're just going to sit down we're going to do a pod and prepare somewhat for it yeah like you said when you have a guest it's a bit different because you want to make the most of the podcast do a bit of research on the guest kind of forces you to get like do some research and listen to different podcasts especially if your guest has been on other podcasts yeah it's like do your research and you're going to learn some stuff listening to those other podcasts anyway like, yeah I guess because they were the first few guests we had so I actually went and listened to like the diet to fight dietitians bodies like eight of them and I was like wow I'm actually learning a shit ton from these podcasts as well was that in person or was that a zoom one that was like we actually did that on Tuesday at midnight we did it on a at midnight um in the studio um because he was in Perth which was which was right. sick so we stayed up for that that was a big day. Was that was that fun podcasting at that time? Mm, nah, not not fun. <laughs> but it was a good pod. It was good to do. And I'm happy, like I don't mind it because it's kind of like let's hustle for it. We did, yeah, we did one earlier in the day. And now we do one at midnight. So let's get it done. Yeah, it was good. I recommend you try and get him on to the BJJ fanatics. Not fanatics. BJJ bulletproof. Yeah, well, right. He'd be a good guest for you. Yeah, nice guy. Yeah, he's. I I didn't know much of him, but I've seen. I saw he did an interview with Craig Jones recently. Yeah, yeah, that's him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah. cool. Smart fella. Yeah, seems to have a very rational kind of, not super extreme with any of his views. Just like balanced. Well, he's just like a usually he's, he's a, pretty smart. Yeah, he's a, he's a smart guy. I mean, he's just he's just putting out like, like we had this conversation for the science, but he's just putting out like good information for people to follow like what's the best way to eat obviously you don't have to be dogmatic with things but just have a good understanding of nutrition i think his mission is 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 nice as well he's just trying to like improve people's nutrition from the grassroots from the like how do you really change an industry like it starts at the beat it starts at the gym like obviously the top end athletes is the the cherry on top but that that will help the trickle down effect yeah how do we get good strengthening like as an example some of the judo gyms and the old school judo methods of doing shit like it's interesting talking to Fion and Owen like when they used to do judo a weight cut would be like don't eat for the week don't drink any water during the session eat foods that are eat foods that are light and <laughs> you're going to lose weight but don't eat for the week so wow. it's like it's obviously a stupid way of doing things old school yeah but it's like there's actually some pretty easy ways and scientific ways to cutting weight and obviously and how much weight should especially for BJJ athletes I feel like a lot of people just feel like they need to lose weight yeah. for, to do a competition but it's like look if you need to lose more than 3% of your body weight for a Jiu Jitsu tournament especially for a same day weigh in don't do it you shouldn't be doing that Yeah, like, you don't need to do that also it's going to be very hard to do over a period of time and your training is going to be going to be compromised if you're trying to 
especially if you start cutting out carbohydrates, you're not going to get energy. You're going to feel tired. Your training's going to go to shit. And ultimately, you're not going to get better at jets. Whereas like if you do a steady cut and then maybe the last week you cut out some fiber but still keep the carbs, you can still lose 3% of your body weight just from cutting out fiber. Yeah, right. Without having to reduce your hydrate, like do go into any hydration methods, which obviously if you go into a same day weigh-in, dehydrated and underfueled, you're going to perform shit, which yeah. defeats the whole purpose of doing competition because you want to perform at a reasonable state and it's, feel good to see if you're getting better. It's true. It's such a, uh, like a, it's such a false economy. Like uh, it's, it's, it's a bit of a cultural thing though, isn't it? I remember my coach back when, when I used to compete at like white, blue belt, he'd always be like, you know, he wouldn't encourage us to cut weight, but he'd be like, man, you should like, you know, cut a little bit, like get into the division below because you'll be big. Yeah, he would always cut weight, and it was, and it just was like the done thing. Whereas, it's like, well, why don't? And then after some time, I'm like, this is stupid. I'm just going to go to the competition at whatever weight I'm at. Yeah, and then it's mad because you just don't have any of this stress, and everyone's just your size, and it's fine, and you feel way better. Yes, yeah, you feel good, and that's the thing. You to to change the culture of something, you need to start. It starts at the gym, having good coaches who are like telling their students, hey, you know, like for a jiu-jitsu comp, especially if you're a white or a blue belt. To be honest, the competition doesn't fucking matter. No. You're, white. Yeah. you're going to be shit anyway let's be real like you're a white belt it's you you're just learning everything at a blue belt you're just learning everything go out just compete go out and have a bit of fun because that's the idea you don't need to look like the goal is not to make the weight the goal is to go out and compete it's funny you say that i was talking with um i was at training yesterday over at uh, uh gracie balmain where i've been training a bit it's close to home and i got some mates there i was training yesterday chatting with some of the guys afterwards one of the blue belts posted a video of him um, competing recently and it was a really nice exchange. He, he, had, he was like, he was points down, there was a couple minutes left and he just fucking turned it on. Great. And he shot the double and he got, but the guy that he was like, the, he took, he got the guy, he locked the hands, he put him down, but the other guy just refused to give up the takedown. So the other guy was like posting on one hand. It was this mad exchange. He didn't end up winning, right? Yeah. And he, but he posted this thing and I, and I was like, bro, that was sick that you posted that. Like, I really enjoyed that exchange. And what I noticed about it was like the level of competitiveness of the two guys. Yeah. I'm like, you didn't see that in jiu-jitsu when I was a blue belt or back yeah. when, I, when I'd started. No one cared that much. It didn't matter. Yeah. But these days, it fucking matters so much. Like, you see people fighting like it's the world's. You know <laughs> what I mean? And it's like a local... Yeah, white blue competition at a tennis club, you know, like yeah. in a sports hall, yeah, in a sports, <laughs> you know, in fucking outback New South Wales. Yeah, 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 going but for it, going for it, you know. And like, obviously, there's the extreme end of that where it's like people are not tapping to things and then they're fucking getting snapped and whatever. That's that's a bit too much. That's a different story. Yeah. But yeah, I did say to him, I'm like, bro, it's so interesting. Like that, like the actual nature of being competitive. That I don't feel like that was as much of a thing back then. Really? No, it wasn't. Do you think so? I remember going to some, um, I love that we're going back to this, like 2010, 2000, to, let's say between 210, 215, early days when I was doing like amateur MMA. Um, there was always like, I think people have always been highly competitive to a degree. You know, so it's like, it's, yeah. it's, it's, but I think now more and more as Jiu-Jitsu is picking up, like people are definitely getting more into it. And taking it a little bit, trying to like take it more seriously yeah. to a degree. I don't think it's. I, I don't think there was any like absence of people being competitive generally. Having a crack for it. Like, like say back then, I remember competing against every now and again, competing against someone 
who did MMA. Yeah. And they were always a fucking handful. Yeah, because they're, they're way more competitive. Than way the more competitive. Concept, and they're, they're in a fucking crazy sport. That's right. And they're like fucking, they're, they're athletes. Yeah. Whereas most jujitsu folk were like, you know, if you kind of pass their guard, they can, yeah, oh, you've passed my guard. Now we're yeah, inside yeah, control. Yeah. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. Whereas these days it's like people refuse to give up positions. It's almost like back then there was, and this could just be my little myopic view of the, the, the part of the world of it I was in. Maybe you just saw But it was all of, <laughs> but I did good. That's, that's yeah. probably my case is that. Because you, you had more of a relentless work ethic than some of the other folks. Yeah, but I'm not a competitive guy in that sense. I was oh, never, okay. but I did quite well in competition up until like, like at blue and purple belt. Oh, okay. And it was just because I had like, maybe I was athletic and I had some good jits. Yeah. But as soon as I came into, as soon as I came up against guys who were, maybe their jits wasn't as good as mine, but they were fucking competitive. They were there to win. They didn't accept. They would beat me. And yeah, I'm like, okay. and I'm like, fuck. So I just feel like that was a bit more of an exception then. Yeah. Now it's more of the norm. Nice. Where it's like, hey, if you're coming to competition, like, let's fucking do this thing. Like, you're here to win. Do you think it's because there's more competitions as well now? So there's more select and people people kind of, like, will train a little bit more for a certain competition. They're like, I've got a comp coming up now. There's more. There's a little bit more competition culture in jiu-jitsu because it's a bigger sport. And it's got, yeah. going back to your point. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's probably just like a, like, you know, as we get further into, further down the path of this sport becoming a more, like recognized and widely participated in thing all of the standards just go up yeah the yeah. standards of each belt the standard of the competitors we, the standard of the competition right like having us having been at adcc yeah. like everything just gets better yeah we, we see it now in adcc as well and i mean there's purple belts and brown belts competing at the highest level so it's like what is it i think there's some good questions the other day on my instagram like what is each belt significant like What's significant to each belt now? What, are it, what does each belt mean? I guess it's a hard question to answer because it's like, especially in Nogi, which is coming a lot more popular now, what what does each belt mean? What yeah. is it, what's it like a, you could be a starred white belt and like, because some people just pick things up easier as well, depending on like how they think, what their athletic ability is, their understanding of their own body. Like we've all seen it before. Some people come to the gym and like if they were like a dancer or a gymnast, they're going to pick things up much quicker than someone who hasn't doesn't have that background of sport and we've all seen the freak that goes into the gym and they just pick things up so quickly and they progress a lot faster than everyone because they retain information they can just think a lot better under pressure yeah kind of what we're talking about earlier as well the discipline of like pacing and timing like we're talking about gordon ryan and camping at the j point and it's like having an understanding of pacing yourself during the match which is also what roger talks about like when i when i try and for example, when I'm sparring with Roger, obviously he's going to destroy me, but like I'm trying as hard as I can and I'm just kind of like gassing myself. But it's like you need to pace yourself to a degree as well. I'd say that's a big thing for white belts and people talk about improving your conditioning for jiu-jitsu. It's like, of course you want to be aerobically fit and have good strength and conditioning, but also you need to have an understanding of how to pace yourself and how to tie the other person out effectively, Yeah, which is a key detail because if you can tie them out through punishment and like let's say camping at certain points in the half guard not being so eager to always get the pass be happy to get like try and get chest to chest pressure there or make them gas their frames out getting a pass after they're already tired is much easier and getting a submission once they're tired is much easier than trying to do it straight away 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, does anyone ever call Roger Hodger? Or is it always Roger? I think some people call I think his name's actually Hodger. I think that's a Brazilian way of saying things. Hodger. Yeah, that's they have the soft R, like it's the it's the yeah. H sound. But do people call or is it is it Roger to everyone there? I think some people call him Hodger. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I call him Hodger. I remember when I first heard about I remember first hearing those names as a young jiu-jitsu guy, like, what? Hodger? What the fuck? What fuck kind of name is that? <laughs> <laughs> Hodger. Hodger, yeah. I think some people, so you hear the Brazilians call him Hodger, call him Rog. Yeah. Roger, yeah. He's a nice guy. I saw him at um, I saw him at the bar at the Mandalay Bay on the Saturday evening. Yeah. I was. He was there. I, I um, had a chat with uh, Dean Lister and Shanji Hibero. Oh, nice. And I was like, so then, then I was like, oh, wow, there's, wow, there's Solo. Oh, shit, there's Hodger. Like, yeah. it was like a whole all-stars kind of catch up. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty sick. Nice. Backstory for folks who don't know, um, our connection. Oh, yeah, yeah. We hung out recently. This is Charles, everyone. Welcome, Hi. Charles. Thanks. But we hung out at the ADCC, which was the grappling event we were in Vegas. I was in Vegas for. Yeah. And so you were there. I was and there. you were there with your athlete, Owen Flanagan. Yep. And uh, standout competitor. Yep. Fucking cool guy too. Nice yeah, to connect yeah, with him. Yeah. But so you're his strength coach. Yep. Um, you and I, well, you and I go back to pre-like, pre-jiu-jitsu days almost. We didn't meet through jiu-jitsu. No, we met through, CrossFit. we met at the CrossFit. But did I know you before we did our CrossFit level one together? I feel oh, like I did. I think maybe jiu-jitsu was the original connection because I used to train at Eagle MMA. With, yeah, okay. Um, but how do we meet? Because I, I, we knew each other maybe from Maybe just seen co- each other around. Luke Bauer? No, you recommended me to Luke Bauer. Did I? Yeah. Uh, how did I meet you? I can't even remember because we met, we did, but we both did our CrossFit level one back in like whatever, whatever it was, 2011, 2012. And it's funny, you giving me a lift back and I was sitting in the back of your truck. Um, but what was the, I can't even remember what the original. Get in the back, you dog. Get in, get in the fucking back. Um, front was full, just to clarify. Um, but yeah so that and then and so really like uh whatever we did that and then we had like you know i guess we saw each other on socials and stuff yeah but not a lot to do with each other and then in recent years i've been following you you've been you've been sort of specializing like you're a strength coach um but you've been specializing in grappling like training grapplers yeah and that's this whole shit that I've been doing here with Bulletproof and JT and, and it's been mad to see what you're doing. And so catching up at ADCC, which was only two months ago, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe six weeks. Um, that was the first time we've really got to spend any time together yeah, yeah, since yeah. all that's evolved. It's cool. It, well done. It's awesome to see what you're doing over there. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. it's fun. I mean, I guess I've been working in the industry for like 10 years, done, trained all types of people, mainly just general pop. And then I've always, like, even since... When I first started jiu-jitsu and MMA and like Thai boxing back in back in the day, I was all, my concern was always how do I get strong in for jiu-jitsu and my how do I lift for how do I lift to get better at jiu-jitsu and how do I train to get better at Thai boxing all that kind of stuff. And it was only really the last year or year and a half, two years, when I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna this is all I want. I just want to focus on this. Like I had a, I had a full book, so I was doing 50 hours a week of one-to-one PTs, and I was like busy as fuck and I was like you know what I love I love my current client base but I just I really just want to focus on jiu-jitsu and like how do I get how to like focus on training people who do jiu-jitsu yeah. or focus on your jiu-jitsu training bit of both and I was like I just want to I want to, to compete like I, had, I set some goals I want to compete this year and I've been 
I think I've done like I've done three competitions this year, which was fun. Um, and I just started just started putting out more jujitsu content. I originally made a, a a different account called Grapple Strong, um, and I was like, should I do a separate Instagram? Da, da, da. And I posted it on there for a little bit. And I was like, nah, fuck it. I'm just gonna do just I'm just gonna own this and just go all the content I'm gonna do is gonna be jujitsu related. And I started training Owen at the at the same time. Um, we just did a little barter together. I was like. How, how about I do a private for, for free and I'll train you for free he's like done and then I was like what's the goal he goes I want to go to 88 kgs I was like okay so you just need to let's make you as strong as possible so that no one can ever bully you and that's essentially what we did I mean there's no rocket science to it we just he was a, he's in the beginner stages of strength and conditioning so it's like what you need to realize is like basically whatever you did with him as long as you followed the principles of progressive overload and he could adhere to, adhere to the program and he ate well, he's going to get a good result. Yeah. Which is what happened. People were always so, so surprised. Like he put on, he started at like 82 kgs and before a week before ADCC, he left. He was like 91 kgs. So wow. Like he put, he's put on a shit ton of muscle, but like it's, there's no, there's no magic or anything here. There's no, obviously we, we didn't use any steroids. He gets accused of juicing he gets accused of on juicing. your socials, doesn't he, he? Yeah, all the time. But he's fucking jacked. He's, re, he's like, he's, he's a genetic freak. He changed his nutrition. So it's like, okay, you're training this much. You really, and you're moving this much. You're doing this many privates. You need to be eating this many calories. And it was like 4,500 to 5,000 calories a day. Whoa. It's like, that's not easy to do day in, day out. People are like, oh yeah, I could easily do that. It's like, well, could you do that seven days a week? You fucking couldn't. That's so much I don't think you couldn't. Because it gets to, and we've spoken about this on our podcast. It's like, it's the Ronnie Coleman effect. Like the, the bodybuilders during like bulking season. It's like, you need to fucking eat these calories and you need to eat protein. And to be honest, it like when it comes to a bulking season or putting on muscle, it doesn't have to be, of course you need to cover like the nutrients of like the, the bare minimum of nutrients and like make sure you're eating plenty of fruit and veg, but like you, then, then you just need calorie density to get the, to, to get the rest of the, to get the rest of the calories in. So whether that's ice cream, burgers, peanut butter, whatever, extra olive oil, extra butter in your meals, you need to meet those calories. And if you're not meeting those calories, you're not going to get to where you want to be. So I guess for him, it's like well done to him because he followed the program, which is a relatively simple program. I mean, like hinge, push pull, both vertical and horizontal, uh, squat, single leg, core. That's it. That's all we did. Yeah. People people surprised. Oh, what are you doing with them? What's the secret? This is it. He's deadlifting, he's squatting, he's pushing, he's pulling, he's doing some single leg, doing some core work, making sure he's not getting injured. That's it. Just do that. (laughs) Stick to it twice a week and you'll fucking get a good result. But make sure the program's like relatively balanced and follow the principles of progressive overload. I think a big thing as well for jiu-jitsu is managing fatigue and intensity. Yeah. Intensity of the session. You come in, especially if you're a startup, not even if you're a startup athlete, but like just keep in mind how hard is your jiu-jitsu session. If you come in and you're fucking tired and you're trying to make big PBs in the gym, Sometimes the pe- sometimes they'll come even if you're tired, as you know. But like, just just manage the intensity of the session. Is to like you come in from a big jiu-jitsu session. Fuck, I got deadlifts. Is going really heavy in your deadlifts going to be a good thing to do today? Maybe, maybe not. You're gonna see. You're gonna have to see how you feel. If like you're hitting like eighty percent of what you usually do, fine, so be it. And then maybe try and get some wins on the other exercises because you may warm up into the session. And if you don't, great. Just do the maintenance session. The goal of the, the strength training around the jiu-jitsu training should just be to supplement your jiu-jitsu training that you don't because you're going to get other benefits from doing the strength training it's going to help your joints ligaments tendons and your muscles to kind of 
not prevent injuries. You can't prevent injuries, but like to make you more resilient to injuries, especially if you do get one, the more muscle mass you have, the stronger your tendons and ligaments are, the quicker you're going to recover. I think people get lost in that. They try and fucking either do too many weight sessions or just under-recovered. Yeah, well, it's a tricky one with jits. I think going back to the eating thing um, as well as the training thing, you when you're doing that style of training, jiu-jitsu, it doesn't, you're generally so jacked up, you, you don't feel like eating a lot, I find, like at, around training time. Yeah, yeah. And further, you don't want to be showing up to training with a full stomach because then you're sluggish. So actually finding time where you can squeeze in that much food is really challenging. But same thing, like with your with your supplementary training, like say you come into the gym and, man, you come in after, like I, I don't lift on the same days that I train jits anymore. Um, but even when I'm training, like doing some strength work the day after, I'm sore. You're compromised. Well, you feel it, right? You can't, you're like, oh, I'm a bit jacked up in the neck or elbows a bit tweaked from yesterday's. You're definitely compromised. Yeah, yeah. and so you, it, it's not like it, it definitely has a, a somewhat negative effect on your strength training. Of course, once you warm up, you do your mobility work, like once you do what you need to do, you feel good. Yeah. But it, um, it kind of, I, so it jits in a way makes everything else harder, which I think is what pushes a lot of people towards just doing more jits. Yeah. Like where they're like, fuck all that, other, fuck the gym, fuck, you know, it's all too hard. They're, they're, it's the ultimate interference effect. I mean, like apart from marathon training, jiu-jitsu and MMA training, in, in terms of like getting super jacked in the gym, it's like one of the most interfering things you can do. And you just want to understand that. Like it's going to compromise your gains because – doing a hard gi or no gi session is it, t- it takes a lot out of your like your muscles it's going to break down muscle tissue it's fucking hard it's it's it will it, it will definitely break down muscle tissue what does what does doing weights do breaks down muscle muscle tissue and taxes your nervous system what does jitsu the exact same thing they both interfere with each other so it's how do you get the best of both worlds because you need to do both if you want to make if you want to be like a good athlete I, I think you definitely do need to do both because if you just do jits, you're going to pick up these random little injuries or random little imbalances and it's not, you know, you, your chance of injury will definitely be higher. I actually encourage same day lifting, even though it's harder. I think pairing two high intensity days together is, is a good, because I personally, I find if I do a hard jujitsu session and then the next day I do hard, like a try and do a hard weight session, I'm way too compromised way too fucking sore i'm not gonna get the most out of it even though it's a lot harder to pair the two high intensity days together like depending on timetable or how tired you are i think it's a you're not too sore going into the session you may be neurologically fatigued you haven't had a chance to feel that soreness yet you haven't had a a full chance for the, the muscle break that muscle tissue breakdown to happen just yet so you can still get into the session recover well make sure you're eating enough plenty of protein good quality sleep and having that calorie calorie intake interesting point you talked about like feeling of you don't want to have big meals and stuff and we touched on this with the fight dietitian having like obviously it's when it comes to the pyramid of nutrition you want to like calorie balance like protein that gets get the macros and the micronutrients and then timing comes later but i think timing is a pivotal point but also the types of like foods that you're eating so it's like okay so if we want to fuel yourself for a training session especially before like what kind of what types of food should you be eating and people can get all all this like the nuances of types of foods but it's like you just need some simple carbohydrates you go you need to go for the basic stuff so it's like you're not going to have a a a big nutrient dense meal before you just start doing jiu-jitsu or strength training because it's going to take too long to break down 
in your stomach. You need some fast carbohydrates, whether that's like a lucasade or like an hour before, like some white rice or something, something super simple. For me, this is quite funny. Like I'll either have like, I love marshmallows or I love like sweets. I'll have some lollies and a protein shake. And that's a perfect pre-workout for me. So yeah. I just smash like a whole pack of marshmallows, which is like 80, 80 to 100 grams of carbohydrates. Pretty low, like low-ish calories in comparison to some other kinds of foods. Got that collagen for the joint health. <laughs> that beef collagen. Yeah. The hooves. Yeah. <laughs> but like you just need some, some simple carbohydrates with like maybe like may, not even a source of protein, but the source of protein after is key. But you just, you, you just need to have an understanding of like some simple carbohydrates and some and have the complex stuff maybe a little bit later. But having a good understanding of those types of foods is definitely helps fueling yourself better. So when you say um, you you kind of you like doing the two two high intensity sessions on the one day, yeah. what's your what's the ideal order of things there for you? Jits first or jits second? It really depends on your timetable. And I, I have I try I, I never try to be dogmatic in views, but I would always like and I've I've tried a few things uh, recently myself. Uh a lot of all of my guys not all actually like say for Owen we always do jit we always do weights after he's done his hard sparring for the day um same for Fionn Fionn's actually she's not training that hard at the moment so hers would actually be before um I would say optimal it's probably after but I, in saying that, I, I would usually think, bef- like, if you're smashing yourself in the gym beforehand and then doing a hard jiu-jitsu session, maybe your chance of injury goes goes up. But maybe not as well. So recently, I've been doing my weights training before competition class jiu-jitsu, and it feels great. I feel good, but, like, I'm also not absolutely trying to kill it in the gym. It comes down to your understanding of how to manage your gym session. What does your program look like? You should really only be working like a seven, seven maximum nine out of ten in the weight room anyway. Mm. If you're trying to overdo it in the weight room, if you're trying to like, like what's your goal? Like if you're trying to get the best deadlift and like the best possible deadlift, doesn't really go hand. Like jiu jitsu is going to interfere with that. You can still have a good deadlift, but like you're going to have to reduce the volume and a bit of the intensity of what you're doing. So I guess. It's going to be personal preference. I, it's hard to give you an exact answer because everything's going to be a bit subjective, and we, like it depends. It's like always the classic answer, but it does depend. It's going to be subjective to the individual. What I would say is, don't do weights just before you do jujitsu. At least have enough break. Let's say two to three hours to replenish your muscle glycogen and just relax for a little bit, and then go back into jujitsu. Don't lift weights and then go directly into a jujitsu session because you probably you could your chance of injury probably goes a little bit higher depending on the intensity of the jiu-jitsu session yeah i would say yeah i'd agree with that i'd agree with that i think i think you make a good point about it very much sort of being what your approach to each of those activities is like yeah i know like for for people who are like the more advanced lifters who are like hardcore kind of like hardcore in the gym five three ones or five by five like you know chasing like i actually don't think that works too well for jiu-jitsu training look i think i think it can yeah but yeah generally that sort of training that high intensity like in terms of load it's kind of geared towards that's what you do like you just go to the gym it's not like that's why those programs were made they're better they're aimed to get better at lifting that's right not to help your jiu-jitsu training so i think if you yeah if you're applying those kinds of the mindset that often goes with that sort of training 
it's going to be like no matter where you put it, you're potentially going to be like it's going to be fraught with danger because you will be taxing your nervous system so hard and loading up certain parts of your body so much that to then go and get on the mats, whether it's you get on the mats right after or before or the next day, like it's it's a bad combo, isn't it? It's also age dependent as well, which is a big fact that people forget about. I think like, I mean, you're 38. I'm, I've just turned 30. Like as you get older, you're going to have definitely some different considerations. Like you're lifting, like what would have taxed you for significantly less in your 20s is going to tax you a lot more in your 35 plus years. You're, gonna need to, you're definitely going to need to warm up for longer on the mats um, prior to jiu-jitsu if you're over 35. Fact. Absolute fact. And then like for your same lifting there, you, it's going to have to be a light intensity if, you, if you're a little bit old because this is going to take you longer to recover. And it's like if, some, if you were someone doing like a conjugate or west side barbell method of like max effort dynamic days, max effort low, lower body, like max effort lifting days, is that mo- the most appropriate thing to do for your jiu-jitsu with the high interference effect? Maybe. Maybe not. Like, y- you need to have a look at how you recover and how you actually feel. It's, that's why it's, it's tricky. It's, it is subjective, but I, I would say try to do things that are maximal effort for, ju- for in, in conjunction with jiu-jitsu. It's not particularly helpful for jiu-jitsu either. You don't need to be too maximally strong. You need to have good muscle endurance, good isometric strength, fairly decent mobility, strong core, um, Strong grips. Strong grips. Yeah. Yeah, it pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah, it needs to be the best. Like, I'm sure if you've rolled with someone who's got a really fucking big deadlift, it doesn't always translate, or a really big squad, it doesn't always translate to being super strong on the mats. One of our buddies, I'm actually looking forward to getting him on the pod, a guy called Mark McQueen. He's got the highest uh, drug-free powerlifting total in Scotland. Whoa. He's coming on um, in December. He's a brown. He's a purple. He's wrestling goes brown belt. He's, he's going to be p- being competing as a purple belt and just smashing black belts all over the UK. Wow. He's like 120 kgs or 100, 110, 120 kgs. So fucking strong. Freak athlete. Just smashing the fuck out of people. <laughs> so it's like being <laughs> super. Be awful. Yeah. Like it's funny. People are like, oh, being strong doesn't help. Being strong, being strong as fuck helps you a lot for jiu-jitsu. Definitely. And the more athletic you are. The, 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 the easier things are going to be to hit because you're going to tire people out easier if you're a lot stronger than someone no shit it's going to be easier you're, you're just a problem yeah I think I agree with that but I think that the, the, where the trap is in JITS is almost trying to nail it down to like one set of attributes as being the thing like say if sure, you take okay. the Gordon right you're like yeah being strong and muscular is great like and then having layering good jiu on top of that awesome but then you look at someone like mikey musamechi yeah 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 and you're like well, this kid's just like a fucking squid person yeah, yeah you know like he's obviously very strong in in jiu-jitsu specific positions yeah. but you wouldn't take him i'm sure he wouldn't perform particularly well in the gym right and it's shit ass yeah yeah so i and i think that i think what's really nice about jits is that it can work for you no matter what attributes you have you can find you can develop a game yeah that will that will be complemented by the characteristics definitely you have definitely um of course which we're always looking for ways to kind of summarize it for people who perhaps are like well what what should i do you know and we're like well look generally speaking this is it is going to help you to be strong and athletic and just get better at jets to start with like just get yeah understand your game and think about what you want to work what kind of game you want to play yeah having a good guard 
getting a fuck. I think getting a good guard is fucking key. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Ah, fuck. Look, that's a big discussion, right? Like, yeah, that's, that's just a, this is a big can of worms. Yeah. yeah, but um, I yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I think I think often though, what gets overlooked in that, like, so say what we just mentioned, where it's like, well, anyone can be good at jits, right? It doesn't matter what like what characteristics you have. Yeah. But then the discussion is, well, what what is going to help the majority of people yeah. to have a positive experience with their journey? And that is a very different thing to say what's necessarily going to make someone like Fionn or Owen good at what they do. Completely different. Because they're competitors, right? Also, what people need to understand, but like Owen or Fionn or someone, they've been doing jits and judo for a long time. Fionn had been doing judo since she was like six or eight years old. Wow. Same for Owen. They've been doing judo for a long time, so their kinesthetic awareness and their awareness of like grappling is a lot higher than someone who hadn't been doing that as a kid. Same for Hodge. He started when he was like 13 or... 15 or whatever his dad's also Mauricio Gomez who's like trained with Holtz Gracie and all those kind of fellas so you're not going to cut you're not necessarily going to catch up with those guys but I guess to your question like what's what's the best thing for like let's say the average punter or someone who just wants to enjoy the sport for the like longevity and compete and maybe win some local tournaments and that kind of stuff I would just say being able to your best tool is to be able to stay on the mats as long as possible and how do you do that just have a well-balanced program that you can adhere to two to three times a week and train jiu-jitsu at least three times a week and try and not get injured. <laughs> Which is the dream, right? Yeah. Imagine, if you can train, imagine if you trained for five years, three days a week with as minimal time off as possible. And then outside of the jiu-jitsu, you watch some jiu-jitsu matches, you watch some instructionals, and then you try and hit those moves on some people in the class and you just you're thinking about jiu-jitsu quite a bit and you just keep showing up three times a week keep showing up keep showing up keep showing up for months and months and months and years on end you're gonna get a lot better yeah absolutely so i think consistency and mat time and also purposeful mat time is key i think the other there's a there's a layer on top of that which is to if you are if you're keeping a good balance to the like if your program is well balanced and you're adhering to it and you're doing thing, and you're managing your training intensities appropriately in your recovery. Yeah. Then there should be sort of relative balance to how you're like to how your life is playing out. For sure. Energetically, you feel all right each day. You don't wake up super tired. You're not just constantly digging yourself into a hole of under recovery. For sure. Um, it's, a, it's a hard thing to. But achieve. that's yeah, it's a fucking hard thing, right? Most people aren't sleepy enough. They're burning out by the end of the week they're you know then they're burning out on like a longer timeline where it's like every few months they cop an injury or they get sick and have to take a month off training and that's life though it's tough like it's about you, your kids like you got a baby you're talking about like you're a little bit tired today yeah it happens you got you suddenly got kids or you got a stressful job and you put nutrition on that as well right making the right choices is it easy to make the life the right choices is it easy to optimize your calories and meal frequency throughout the day it's not this isn't easy stuff to do by the way yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. We, we can the Holy t- Land. I, I can tell you to do like yeah, just do this. Train three di- train three times a week, and then do two weight sessions a week, and have perfect nutrition and sleep well. I mean, that's not that you could do that for a while, but like consistently, it's hard to do. But that's that's the magic point there. So, with the majority of the grapplers you work with, yeah, what would you say is like? And this is not necessarily like the high level competitors, but just say all of them. Yeah, you know, even just sort of more general folk who are you know hobbyists. Yep. Um, 
what would be the like most common sort of negative behavior you see them or action that you see them making consistently that's getting in their way not eating enough calories not eating enough protein wow and, and um or maybe maybe a little bit of in, maybe the inconsistency of training mm-hmm. like you said a little bit of an injury some time off the mat but that happens man you're gonna have time off the mats i think being sensible with that injury time letting the injury heal don't get too eager maybe watch some jujitsu whilst you're injured but not no i'd say the main thing not fueling yourself correctly yeah right. especially for jujitsu fellas because look and a lot of things come from like if you're not if you're not eating the right amount of calories or the right amount of protein you're just not going to recover properly and there's there's a lot of things that can play into that it's going to affect your sleep it's going to affect your concentration at jiu-jitsu if you can't concentrate are you learning the best are you actually going to get better at jiu-jitsu then it's like flu sickness protein if you're not eating enough protein protein is not just to help you get swollen it also helps your immune system so i would say fueling your body correctly is a, is a, is a, is, a, is a typical theme that i would see for my jiu-jitsu guys and it also key, ties into the gas tank oh, i'm always getting cast out of training well are you eating are you fueling yourself correctly before and after the session i guarantee if you start if you if you just pay a little bit more attention to that and then if they are and they're still gassing out in different points and it's a different conversation but i would say just address that first that's a really good point uh, you'll you'll appreciate your life this conversation had it yesterday with a guy on the mats uh not sure what level he's at maybe a purple belt really real savvy guy and um I was warming up before the, before the class and I was just doing, you know, whatever, some glute stuff and some knee stuff and whatever. And um, he came over and he was like, hey, man, what do I need to do for, uh, what do I need to do for like my knees? <laughs> and I said, <laughs> what, I was, what, what, are you, what are you feeling? Like, what, what's going on? And he's like, they're tight. And I'm like, tight how? Like in what position? He's like, no, not in any position. Like they're just tight. And I'm like... <laughs> But if, you, if you're feeling tightness, there must be a time when you feel it. Like, when is that? He said, um, well, no, they, they're, they're sore. And I'm like, oh, okay, so that's a completely different sensation to tight. I'm like, all right, sore. So let's talk about that. He said, yeah, they just, they just ache a lot. He said, what, what do I need to do? And I said, do you, um, do you do any strength training? He said, no, man, I don't have time for that. <laughs> well, there you go. And I was like, bro, you, you know who I am. You know what I'm going to tell you. Like... <laughs> You either make the time for that or like you, you don't fix the knees, you know? Correct. And then he's like, yeah, but is there like one exercise? <laughs> I love what, what should I be doing? Should I, what's the exercise? What are the best what exercises? Is, that's right. There's no, there's no answer because the answer is it depends. And that's, that's, the, that's the favorite strength coach answer. Well, it depends. Well, it depends, but also do some fucking strength training. Yeah. Like, that's the very, like I can absolutely tell you the, the solution Strength range. Yeah, like if you squat like two times a week, you're good. Like probably, probably what you're experiencing will dissipate no. if you're just doing some some leg strength twice a week, you know, or even once a week. But it was just funny because he was like, oh no, like I'm not fucking with that. Like what's the other thing that I can so do? So dismissive. Yeah, <laughs> it was very funny. Why would I do that? So why do you need that? Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of lessons in that. Um, Jits is a funny realm. We are talking about it earlier. It really takes a hold of people and then dominates their entire life it's very then, it's very addictive that's why you get some oh, you hit it on every level you get the big dopamine hit you're like yeah you're, you're looking at you what is it you're looking at you get the oxytocin because you're looking at people in the, in the eye and then you're just like the physical touch thing right and then you're you're a part of a community so it's like those all th- those three things that, and then you're exercising as well so you get the do- you get the, you get the chemical release from the exercise so it's and like, you get a belt you get ranked within a hierarchy which gives you like a feeling of status yeah and belonging 
It's Maslow's hierarchy of needs is all taken care of. <laughs> Shelter, there's yeah. a fucking roof over you while you do it as well. There's, yeah, it's, I think that's why it, it's so addictive. I mean, it, the feeling of like, trying to progress in this like weird sport is, is, is highly addictive. Like you said, it ta- literally takes, and you see this as well, even with your gym jungle, like people coming in, they want to learn how to handstand or they want to, they really want to get to the split. So they really want to do like a muscle up or something. It's like, fuck, I just, it's that feeling of trying to progress at one specific skill and it takes over their lifestyle, which is actually really nice to see like of people have, living healthier lifestyles. Like it is, there's though one, I think one thing that JITS has that like strength, like gym training doesn't is that everyone's there playing the game every day. Yes. So you can be tight, like you can, you can be, I, don't, I don't feel like doing a fucking handstand session again. Like I'm sore from yesterday's one. Yeah. But you can feel all kinds of beat up from Jits. Be like, I know everyone's going to be at the academy tonight and I don't want to miss out. Disappointment. Yeah. Yourself. And also if you do miss out, they're going to learn a little thing that they might then pull ahead of you a little bit. So it's like there's so many, there's such a FOMO element Big that time. makes you just want to be there all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you do feel that actually. <laughs> We're both feeling it right now as we say it. Fuck, I should be training right now. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, um, we're going to wrap it up there. Can you tell me tell me where your gym is? Yeah. I didn't even get to ask you about that, but we can yeah. talk about that another That's time. Um, tell the folks where your gym is. We got listeners in London, bro, no doubt. Oh, nice. Um, um, that's a joke. I don't know. We might have a couple <laughs> shout-outs. <laughs> Shout-out London, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, the gym's on, in uh, North Kensington. So it's just a little PT studio at the moment. We're looking to expand. Uh, me and Owen and one of his mates were in Sylvie were, were in some chats, maybe expanding to like a – they're looking to expand, but maybe all three of us will do a collab at some point. Like a JITS, strength conditioning. Potentially, yeah, yeah. Full. So we're looking to potentially get that up in the next couple of years. Um, so yeah, you can find me in London, North Kensington, or just Charles Allen Price on Instagram. Charles Allen Price. A-L-L-A-N Price on Instagram, putting out some good content. I'll link you up in the show notes. And you got the podcast too. Yeah, the Charles the Charles Ogan or Charles Owen Experience. Charles Ogan. <laughs> so me and Owen Flanagan recently competed in ADCC. That was just a fun thing. We've been training for a while. Like, fuck it, let's just do a podcast. And we've been doing it every Sunday. We're trying to do it every Sunday. I, I really, I listen to your clips that you post on Instagram. I don't listen to the full episodes. Yeah. Probably because the subject matter is very close to what I'm already talking about all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I really like what I see from you guys. Like, yeah. I, I really like the back and forth. It, it looks like a sick podcast. It's good fun. Yeah. Um, where, how do people find that? It's called Charles Owen Experience. Charles Owen Experience on Spotify, YouTube. All, 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 sorry, not on, just on Spotify. It's on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. All right, sick. I'll link to that too in the show notes. Yeah. Bro, thanks for coming out. Good to see you, brother. Good to see you, Ledge. Nice. Cheers. Thanks for listening, guys. Cheers, guys. Um, go check out Charles' account. Check out the podcast. See what they're doing. If you are in London, go see his gym. I'm keen to check it out when check I do out, make boys. it over there. Nice. Catch you guys next week.